With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, so before I send y'all off to the real episode, I gotta say, this episode was supposed to drop yesterday, but we had some technical difficulties that made it delay today. And all that means is we recorded this before game two of Lakers versus Nuggets. So our opinions on that series are a bit outdated. But since the Nuggets won anyways, it doesn't make a huge difference. So I'm just going to let it ride. Yeah. Enjoy the episode. It is Wednesday, May 17th. We've seen exactly one game of both conference final series. And I want to start the show by saying, without a doubt, Nicole Jokic is the best player in the NBA. Yeah, he got that. Yeah. <laughs> he got that. I think it's about time. To most credit, he, was, he said this early in the season. He ranked him number one above Giannis. And me and Donovan were both like, you got to give it to Giannis at this point, like, until somebody else earns it. And for those who don't know, Nuggets won game one of the series. Jokic averaged 30-point triple-double in the last round, and he came out in game one and cooked the Lakers. I don't know how we don't give it to him. He, he got uh. this man. This man had tw- 19, 16, and 7 in the first half <laughs> against ridiculous. AD. Like, 2K. Nah, he got it. He's he's we've been talking about absolutely, bro. Like, go ahead and talk about Isaac, bro. We've been talking about AD as like a defensive messiah all playoffs, saying he's the best defensive player in the league right now, and it's not close. He had nothing for Jokic one on one, nothing. Yeah, way too physical. And when you put him around that close to the rim, as soon as he gets his positioning, like his touch is that crazy where there's literally nothing that you can do. He can put anybody in the blender. Like a lot of people over here talking about like. You know, if you're building your prototypical defender for Nikola Jokic, oh, it looks like Anthony. Hey, there's no one. If you're building a prototypical <laughs> defender for Jokic, it's the Grim Reaper. It's God. It's someone who can strike him down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's Tim Duncan, I guess. Like, ask me something. The problem with AD is, as good as he is, he doesn't have the size to be able to, like, stop Jokic and get into his spots. No one does because nobody is 300 pounds while also being nimble and also having length and defensive instincts. Like, that player comes around once every 20 years, and his name is Hakeem Olajuwon. Like, yeah. It's impossible to stop this man. And <laughs> I, I, before we get too sidetracked on the Jokic praise, we got to talk about this series in general and what you guys are thinking after one game. But before we get into that, as always, if you guys are watching on YouTube, do us a favor, drop a like and subscribe. If you're on audio platforms, rate us five stars, follow on those, follow us on all of our socials. You see them on the screen right now if you're on YouTube, all of us on Twitter. They got that out of the way. Who do, okay, so first off, who do you think is going to win Nuggets versus Lakers? We never got a chance to do our official predictions. I had yeah. Nuggets in seven. Uh, to start, to start, I thought that they were going to be. I, I wanted to give the Lakers a little bit more respect than I've been giving them uh, up up until this point in the playoffs. But I've I've thought that Denver was going to make it out the West since the start mm-hmm. of the playoffs. I think that they're the better team. Jokic is him, right? We just we just <laughs> gave him the crown as best player in the world, and they haven't had a game this entire postseason where they've looked. Like bad. All of their losses, yeah. something crazy has had to happen. They came back. Even the game that they were down twelve against Minnesota, they were able to come back. And if Jokic makes a free throw, they win that game in regulation. And then the two games they lose to the Suns, Devin Booker had to shoot eighty percent for them to get yeah. that for them to get those games. So unless the Lakers are on fire, I don't see a way that they can keep up offensively with Denver and like, you know, and beat them in, yeah. in seven games. So I'll take them. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, for me, I I want to say the Nuggets, but it would not surprise me whatsoever if um the Lakers do win because LeBron looked really, really, really good last night. For now sure. maybe it's because like his primary defender for a chunk of the time being was Jamal Murray, and that's just like a mismatch from hell. Um, but overall, I just think that the Nuggets have everything going their way. Like, I don't imagine D'Angelo Russell having a good series on a consistent basis. You're reliant. You may, like, have to rely on Rui Hachimura and also Jerry Vanderbilt, who have, like, proven to, you know, be mm. reliable and just come out of nowhere, at least Rui Hachimura um, in the playoffs. But I just think that the Nuggets, it, it just – this is so hard. Like, it, it, yeah, it can tough. literally go either way. It can go either way. Yeah. But my gut and the respect in me says the Nuggets. But I will not be surprised whatsoever if the Lakers, with all the insane adjustments mm. that they that they're able to make and the flexibility that they have, I think in terms of just like the amount of adjustment, um, the amount of adjustments that they can make, supersedes what the Denver Nuggets can do. Um, so that's, that's yeah, the only yeah. reason why, like, I'm just like not 110% sold, but I'm like 99% sold with the Nuggets. That's fair. Before the series, I was going to it. I had talked myself into Lakers in six or seven. I think, okay, so we're going to, we're going to get into specifics of this game, but I think either way you go, whatever you thought going into the series shouldn't change based on this first game. I'll say that. For sure. So I'm going to try to fight against the overreaction to game one and stick with my Lakers take. But game two is and tell me everything I need to know. If the Nuggets come out and win game two, I'm fairly certain they're gonna win the series. But right now, I'll stick with Lakers. Let's wow. let's let's talk specifically about what we saw in this first game. We we talked about Jokic was absolutely eating. Donovan, you mentioned the Nuggets offense just looked unfuckwithable. Yeah. Which is like, you know, something we've seen all playoffs. Yeah. It's interesting because as a Lakers fan, I didn't leave it entirely like dissuaded. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's some reasons to be a little bit optimistic. Mo said LeBron looked great. LeBron looked great. I feel like the first two series we talked about, is he injured or is he saving his energy? I think now we know it's probably a little bit of both because it looked like he was like running fast every single play. He was actually trying and asserting himself as a ball handler. Yeah. Which, was one, is an energy thing. Two, I think the Warriors were a switching team. So when they run pick and rolls with LeBron and AD, they're going to switch it, and LeBron's not going to attack somebody one-on-one every play. But the Nuggets can't switch the LeBron AD pick and roll. They have to either go over or under the screen, which allows exactly. LeBron to actually get penetration, use his passing, get to the rim. So I think naturally we're going to see a better LeBron in this series. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, you got it. You got it, Mo. No, you go ahead. I think I think that there's a couple things, and I'm I'm with you, Isaac. I think that there's a couple things for the Lakers that leave you um, encouraged. But at the same mm-hmm. time, those same things are – are also why I would be a little bit discouraged. AD ended. Tell us what the encouraging things are first. Well, it's it's the same thing. The okay. the thing is that LeBron looked great, and AD had forty and ten, and you end up losing, and you were down very, you were down a lot very early. Like they had to come back. Sure. They had to come back from twenty, and for them, if LeBron is on his game, and AD again had forty and ten, and you are playing from behind. I would be a little bit discouraged because it's like, if that doesn't happen every single game, then what are we doing? The flip side is AD had 40 and 10 and LeBron <laughs> and LeBron looked, looked really good. And that wasn't something that you saw every single game in that Warriors series. And I think that that contributed because like the Warriors, while I thought that the, like the Warriors, I thought they were going to win that series and I expected a lot more from them. 
But part of that was because of the variance that we've seen from from the Lakers. And I hadn't seen LeBron give 100% effort. I hadn't seen LeBron look great up until that point in the playoffs. If he does that this series, I think the Lakers have a much better chance. So it's sure. it's a it's a two-sided coin and I think that I think that they can they can certainly hang their hats on the fact that they were able to find success with their two main guys against against Denver. Yeah, and I don't really see that changing. I think AD eating is not just a hot AD game. It shows you that this team isn't equipped to stop Anthony Davis like the Warriors were with Draymond Green and Kevon Looney or like the Grizzlies were with Jaron Jackson Jr. For everything the Nuggets do well, defending a big men that can eat at the rim is not one of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And same thing with LeBron. They're not a switching defense that can prevent LeBron from getting penetration. Once LeBron gets by his man and is in the open court, in, I mean, in the half court, attacking the rim, able to use his passing or finishing, he's going to eat no matter what, no matter how old he is. And you, yeah. you mentioned they got down big early. I think that was because of a big mistake in the beginning. They started the game small. They started Dennis and tried to turn the game into a track meet, which was fucking dumb against the best offensive team. But we, we they started to come back in the game late because they went big, started Rui Hachimura for the second half, and they found something interesting with Rui guarding Jokic and then Anthony Davis on Aaron Gordon to come be the help defender and kind of muck things up in the paint. You could argue the Nuggets have time to adjust to that now, and maybe the Lakers showed their hand. But I think it's probably more an uh, encouraging sign going forward that there's a way to stop this team. I think that's exactly. been played though. And, but my thing, though, like, even just looking at the Nuggets roster, like, how can you adjust to, like, the Lakers playing a little bit bigger? Now, I said this last podcast, I, I don't think that we knew 100% if the Lakers are going to play the Nuggets and we just made up some scenarios or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, what I said about the the Lakers and how they faced off in the 2020 in the bubble or whatever and the series went to five and I was mainly hinting about, like, if the Lakers are going to do this, like they're going to need to do a lot of the similar things, but they do not have as many big ass bodies like they did. Yeah. They didn't have Dwight Howard, who's in Taiwan right now. They didn't have Javale McGee, who's Lord knows what's going on with Javale McGee. Like they had so many options, and right now, like they're all so much smaller than what they were, and just having big ass trees in the paint <laughs> to just have hands up to cause some type of dysfunction helps a hell of a lot and i don't know how much you know if they're gonna win they're gonna have to win in a completely different way and i think they do have a lot more offensive firepower compared to the early 2020 laker or the 2020 laker championship team yes so darvin ham is gonna have to absolutely like be in his bag and he did do that um in the second half like you guys said and alluded to so this is this is yeah. this is every like basketball nerd's like this is basketball nerd heaven right now. What we're really oh, for sure, Darvin Ham versus Mike Malone is two coaches that know how to adjust and do creative things with versatile lineups. It's gonna be great. You mentioned they have to win differently. I hundred percent agree. I think it's less gonna be about beating them with size in the paint and bludgeoning them to death. It's gonna be more about beating them with perimeter length. With they have to bring Jared Vanderbilt back into the fold, which is tough yeah. because they didn't start him and play him a lot because. On one hand, if he's in the game, your defense is really good, and you have this really versatile wing defender who can switch on to Nikola Jokic, maybe start defending him. He can guard Aaron Gordon. He can contest MPJ's height. But on the other side of the court, they're going to ignore him completely, and he's going to destroy your spacing. Well, he has to take corner threes over and over again, which you don't want. But if you don't have him, you're way too small, and the Nuggets run down your throat like we saw in the first quarter of the last game. So it's kind of a die by one. You pick which side of the court you're going to die by. 
So maybe that's where Rui Hachimura comes into play as somebody who's tall and can shoot. And Donovan, another going back to you mentioned they went down big early in the first quarter. Yeah. Why do you think they went down big? What did you see as the biggest weakness that they folded earlier besides they, the size? Well, they they couldn't rebound the basketball all game. Yep. And they were they were getting dominated on the board, a product of going small, right? That's, that's yep. what happens whenever you sub out shooters. A product for, of Jokic being a god. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, they, uh, that too. Um, but, like, if you if you can't rebound the basketball and your transition defense is, is trash and you're yep. playing against the best offense with a point center who sees absolutely everything – and Michael Porter Jr. running down one side and Jamal Murray running down the other, you're going to get dotted up. Like, it's just, yep. it's going to happen. And so that was that was the worst start for the Lakers um, in terms of game plan. I thought that they, going in, I thought that they had to lean in to their offensive side. But I, after game one, I really think they're probably just going to have to eat it and start Vando. I, I, think yeah. that, I think they have to, you have to go all in on your on your defensive identity and you're gonna have to try and slow down Denver and minimize the amount of, of offensive possession that they have. So I think I think Bando and Rui end up getting a, a lot more minutes. I mean Rui ended up playing twenty eight minutes. Um Dennis played thirty two. We'll probably see that a little bit less in game two. Bando played ten. I expect at least fifteen, seventeen minutes from him. Um yeah. but yeah I, they they have to try something. And like you said, that's the main adjustment that, that they have. And also, for all this talk about Rui, you know, Rui and like the Jokic shopper and, you know, like they being the key to this. People to said this, that? It was, it was floating oh around. God. But like being the key to the scheme. <laughs> you got incels on your timeline. I didn't see that once. <laughs> you know what I'm, saying? Rui, I'm saying Rui being the key to the scheme to slow down Jokic. Yeah, yeah. That's allowing AD to be off ball. Yes, yes. I that's going to get exposed. I think I think Jokic, if you give Jokic twenty four hours to figure out, hey, how am I gonna score and how am I gonna attack Rui Hachimura at the point of attack and then figure out what happens after that, he's gonna be just fine. Let, let's talk about that, because I think that's interesting. Well, two things. First, one thing you, I want to get back to that you just mentioned is the reason they went down early. They couldn't rebound for shit and their transition defense was terrible. Those two things being bad at the same time is ridiculous. What? Because we're saying now they need to improve both those things, mm-hmm. which is hard. Because you can either have your perimeter players crash the boards and make sure you don't get out rebounded, or have them focus on getting back in transition. You kind of got to pick one to focus on. The Lakers didn't do either. They were just yeah. terrible at both of them. Like, what are you? What are you? What are you focusing on then? If you're not getting down low or getting back, like that out to yeah, you. Yeah, that was one of the f- first things run. that Darvin Ham called out in his uh, press conference. Like right after the Denver Nuggets got a defensive rebound, D'Lo standing, Dennis Roder like ball watching. You know, Anthony Davis not get not being as attentive to the rim as he should be. So, but those things are like super easy and super fixable. Yeah, and so sure. that's why I'm not like panicking. Over here, I'm not a Lakers fan or whatever. I'm not panicking yeah. and thinking that the series is cooked whatsoever. And it's like it's a literally neck and neck. Like, yeah, bro. I was sitting down watching the TV and I was on Twitter while also watching the Deep Three live on TikTok. Tune in, follow. <laughs> we're doing back, do your thing. But I was on the live stream. Next thing you know, I go ahead and see that fucking Austin Reeves hit a three to cut the game, like to. I don't know, six to eight or something like that. Yeah. And it, it game just happened in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Three you know? point game. Yeah. yeah, that's absolutely crazy. After all the chaos that Jokic is causing and so like it's causing and so like if they just clean up all the little things, you know, like <laughs> 
it's not as simple as that, like cleaning up all the little things. But if they were to just give more hustle and effort and be more attentive, they probably would have won that game. And yeah, if, and also, if, like, Jokic didn't hit a dumbass, like, step back three and Jamal yeah. Murray didn't hit, like, those crazy – like, they, they were just on one. That was their night to For win. Sure. Um, I think that probably comes down to D'Angelo Russell probably playing a whole lot less because he's a defensive yes. liability and they're attacking him. Michael Lowe was in his press conference talking about playing D'Lo off the court trying to get in his head. I think it'll work. I think D'Lo's yeah. going to be irrelevant. How you like KCP get off nine for seventeen? That's crazy, dude. <laughs> know, nah, he, he was getting worked. And then four eleven on the Donovan other side said. is also not helpful at all. Going back to what Donovan said, you think you were saying that the the Rui Hachimura addition to the lineup being able to stop Jokic, you think they're going to be able to expose that? I think it's really easy to say that because Rui can't fucking hold Jokic. It's not going to be he's not the defensive mastermind that's going to slow him down. I think it's easy to say. Because what we saw was happening was Anthony Davis was helping off of Aaron Gordon, and Aaron Gordon wasn't shooting the corner threes and was mucking up their offense. So everyone's saying, oh, okay, well, he'll shoot those threes or he'll sit in the dunker spot, and that'll be how they defeat it. I don't really think it's that simple. I think everyone keeps saying they're going to move Aaron Gordon down to the dunker spot. So when Anthony Davis helps off of him to Jokic, they dump it off to him, and Aaron Gordon gets open dunks. That sounds to me like exactly what the Lakers want. So they're going to come down to the point where Jokic is able to cook Rui, but then you have Anthony Davis coming over to help, and how do you punish him for helping with the lineup? Are they going to play Jeff Green in the corner? That's what Draymond Green was saying on his podcast, that they yeah. should put Draymond Green in there instead of Aaron Gordon because Draymond Green can hit corner threes. Fucking okay. Are you going to let Draymond, Jeff Green shoot corner threes? Jeff Green? Jeff Green? Like, <laughs> I don't know. What's the move that they can do tactically to not let Anthony Davis ignore Aaron Gordon? Uh, so, okay, I. It's think, not just about Jokic, you know. Yeah, I. Listen, you guys, you guys sleep on on. I'm saying sleep, but like, like in the war in the Warriors series, if you would have said, "Oh well, you know, we're just going to use Jermichael Green," we would have had the same reaction, and they, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you would have laughed at Steve Kerr, and like, "Oh yeah, Jermichael Green's going to be the answer," and it, and for a game, he it wasn't. For a game, it was for for that for that second game. If you're just talking about game to game adjustments, obviously, if they make that move, ha- Darvin Ham's going to come back. He's going to figure something out, and it's just chess match. But if we're just talking about going into game two, Jeff Green in the corner is is a very viable option. I think in terms of if you want to have shooting there, what I think that that Denver should do, and they ran it a couple times, but when they run, when they run, you know, pick and roll with with Jokic, they should lower it down. Right, because we saw mm-hmm. we saw a couple times where Jokic made really quick moves out of the post, and so if you have Rui there, if if that action is if that action starts lower, and Jokic is making quicker moves, it's gonna force Anthony Davis to to be reactive and to put out that fire as quick as possible. And mm-hmm. so if we're talking about a split second decision, I'm trusting Jokic to make that pass that's the, every, that's every single time. So I think like you know we've we've seen. We've seen uh, Murray and Jokic run this pick and roll all the time, and it's normally like around the foul line. Jokic, Jokic has been able to to get going downhill, get floaters. I think that that's still going to be there, but they should focus on him getting post touches and working lower out of out of everything. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, there's just less room at that point for Anthony Davis to come over and help. Yeah, especially if he's starting the position in the corner on a shooter, you just yeah. don't have so much space to rotate. That's smart. One other thing is, uh, how do y'all feel about Jamal Murray in this game? He was good. He, he was good. Bag. Like, I mean, like, I think the Lakers made it so fucking easy for him to cook in this game 
Because the, the way they're defending, Anthony Davis was obviously defending Jokic. When they did these dribble handoffs, Dennis Schroeder had to try to get over the screens. And Nikola Jokic's big, wide ass, that's these hard ass screens. Dennis got <laughs> caught in him every single time. And AD was so terrified of Jokic cooking that he refused to leave him. So it yeah. just resulted in a wide open Jamal Murray shot every time he got a dribble handoff. And like, I get why that's difficult because you can't leave Jokic open in any capacity. But if you let Jamal Murray walk into an open pull up shot every single play, He's gonna make him a lot. So Jamal I don't know Murray what they... is going to cook this series. Like he's gonna yeah. get his numbers and all that stuff. Um, but you kind of have to let him you... though. You, yeah, like... exactly. You don't want to bend and shift your entire defense. But you can't to focus on how do we stop by Jamal Murray. You can't do that. I think like I don't know. I, that's what concerns me the most as a Lakers fan. I think mm-hmm. they can find a way to neutralize Jokic a little bit with putting Van Dorey on him and having AD's help. But that's where we get into the thing that KCP just said in his press conference yesterday that he's the same guy as LeBron, just with less athleticism, where even if you find a way to sell out and not let him score, he will pick you apart with the perfect pass every time. And I think they have so much lethal shot making with Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., the cutting of Aaron Gordon, KCP, that I don't know how they're going to be able to stop all of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Jokic do, you go, so do you go to the strategy where you say, Jokic, you can have 50 every single night, but you're only going to get seven assists, you know, instead of your regular Only 12. 50 and seven. Uh. I, know, I know, right? <laughs> I know. But is that, is, that, uh. is that the move where you say, like, hey, KCP, there's no way you're getting up 17 shots tonight. Michael Porter Jr., there's no way that you're coming out here and you're dropping 20 tonight. We will, we will let Jokic kill us to death on twos. But we're not letting we're not letting the Nuggets win in terms of like field goal attempts and buckets and and the math. That's not going to happen. Maybe I don't think you can as a so some teams that make sense. If this was the Celtics, they'd probably do that because they have so much offensive firepower that they know the Nuggets aren't going to be able to stop them back. So maybe you try to neutralize them and have them score a hundred a game, and you're going to score one hundred and ten because you know you had that kind of offense. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Lakers have that identity. They're not the Warriors, you know. They're not going to outshoot you. They have to yeah. win by mucking you up on defense. And I don't know if letting Jokic score 50 points is a way to go to great defense. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but I, I'm not, I don't know what the answer is, though. So maybe that's what they have to do. You're right. I don't know. Well, this is why we're just podcasters uh, on our off hours <laughs> <laughs> instead of NBA coaches. You know, so yeah, I, there's just so many interesting. There's so many layers to this entire thing, and there's a reason why these two teams made the Western Conference Finals. They were the best two teams in that conference, which is still like insane to me right now. Just to even like repeat that, the Lakers, they have ways to go with this. <laughs> and there's so many. There's so many options, and it's literally a chess game. It's literally a chess game, and I'm here yeah, for it. It's gonna be a great series. Two really smart coaches. I, looking back, I can't believe that like Lakers Twitter all season was like wanting to fire Darvin Ham. Like, it's look the, how far we've come. It's the, it's the pressure of being in LA and having a whole bunch of fans that never showed up before 2019 and they don't know basketball and stuff like that. That's yeah, that's what just, happens. People just don't know what coaches do. It's, just, it's crazy. One random thing that I want to say is that Aaron Gordon. This has to be his series because so much like the Lakers there. He's the he's the target. He's someone that they're trying to eliminate. Like we already saw what they're trying to do when they've been doing with Aaron Gordon, put him in the Duggar spot and whatnot. And now you're taught and now there's ways around that. And now you're trying to sub out AG minutes for Jeff Green minutes and stuff like that. He has to hone in and be more of a consistent offensive threat. Do whatever he does on defense. That's cool. That's great, of course, and super valuable. But 
he's easily like I don't want to say the weak link, but it's he's easy to exploit, you know. And over his last six playoff games, he shot forty percent from the field and twenty three percent from the three point line. That's terrible. <laughs> he's been wildly inconsistent, but he does a lot of the other small things. That's why it's like okay, you know, you don't want him. He's not there to like you know score. 20 points a night or anything like that but in moments like these like this is this is it you know yeah for sure the nba playoffs are here so that means that you should get in on the action with underdog fantasy the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports online you can play on the app or you can play online and all you have to do is say higher or lower on your favorite or least favorite players entries for the night and if you get up to five correct stats on one entry you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night of hoops. Now listen, there's a game a night. You can make an entry every single night. And if you sign up today with promo code TD3, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100, which is free money to keep making more winning entries. So again, sign up today with promo code TD3 and get playing with Underdog Fantasy tonight. Do you guys want to talk about... You guys want to talk about the game that we just finished watching, actually? The Eastern Conference Finals game one? Let's let's do it. Let's get into this. That was a good game. I'm, I'm ready so, for this. We're recording this on Wednesday night, directly after Celtics versus Heat ended. We don't, we don't even have really, we just instant reactions. We haven't even had time to think about it, really. Like, we were start recording right after the game ended. So, for those who don't know, the Miami Heat came out and stole game one in Boston. And at this point, I'll go out here and say my prediction first. I'm not going to predict the Heat will lose a single game until they do. At this point, against all logic, they win every single game, and I just don't know how to think about them in any way besides they're going to win, and I don't know why. That's funny. Well, they <laughs> so, so, so a heat sweep from Isaac. Gotcha. <laughs> sure. I just know that the Heat have no talent, but a hundred percent dog in them, and they're never going to lose a game because of it. <laughs> because what what an elite synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> they win with pure grit. They get it out the mud every play. They just want it bad enough, and they always yeah, get it. Exactly. They're quite literally like you. You remember them mid two thousands. Memphis Grizzlies, same exact vibes, less talent, <laughs> way less talent than those teams, and they're just like, and Eric Spolster is putting up a masterclass every bro, single night. God. I know, he's I know, he genius. can make, bro, honestly, Isaac, I heard you were trash at basketball, you could be putting up 15 points right now for the <laughs> Miami Heat, you would be in a, you would be the Tatum stopper, me, bro, bro I'd be a sniper. <laughs> Max Struess might just be a tall white Donovan. Like, he's just a guy. <laughs> he's turning into a sharpshooter. Yeah, exactly. Eric he got, to he got the touch. <laughs> yeah. All right. back. Listen, we, will, we uh, will post a TikTok of us playing basketball one day. All right. Y'all see. Y'all see. Oh, yeah, man. man. I'm, I'm taking Miami and six in this one, though. Miami six, okay. Miami six. I got it. I had a game time decision. I said on the, on the stream yesterday that I had no idea – where I wanted to go, everything in me was saying that like Boston is the better team on paper, right? They have all these offensive weapons, and but like you said, Miami just has that dog in them, and Jimmy Butler just <laughs> refuses to let people lose. And I, I picked, I'm picking the Heat in six. I can't trust Boston at all after after the series that they had last year against Miami, where they probably should have won in five when it was it was Jimmy Butler. Tyler Hero was out with a groin injury. Kyle Lowry had like five good minutes in the entire series. And that came down to a Jimmy Butler pull-up three with like 20 seconds to go. You have all of that. There was a couple moments in the Philly series where I thought that they um, they should have played better, right? They should have came out. They should have executed. But still, 
they they still didn't have it. And just with their play style and with and we can transition to everything that happened tonight. Their their play style invites a lot of variance. And so whether that comes with the amount of threes that you make with the amount of threes that you take, I don't know what I'm getting offensively every night from Boston. And so like that's why tonight they shot 29 threes. They got they the Heat shot 31. And they shot they only made 10 threes tonight. They were down, they lost the the three-point battle by 18 points. It's stuff like that where you 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 lost game 1, you lost home court. You know mm-hmm. you know Tatum's going to have a stinker this series. Right. (laughs) And Miami's probably going to capitalize. So that's already two games. You're probably going to have another game where the whole team just can't shoot. Even if you get 40, 40 points up, uh, 43s up, that's three games. And so now you're just asking the heat, Hey, can you go out and win one game again? And I think that they can do it. Yeah. Mo, where where are you, where are you sitting on this matchup? I'm one to believe that the Boston Celtics, I had them ironically enough, like losing last series. I can't believe I put my faith into that blue team <laughs> don't I'm not, i don't even want to say their name bro i we'll know get to them later we'll, 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 fire yeah, we'll get to them later. later but i Losers. i don't think the boston celtics can get away this series with having wild inconsistencies you're not gonna have up the same opportunities that atlanta and also philadelphia especially gave you like once you're in the ground, you're gonna be put. You're gonna be buried like six feet deep by a team as cerebral as the Miami Heat, and they're just gonna waste no time. Like they don't, they cannot afford too many Tatum stinkers, which will like inevitably like happen. They cannot afford to shoot ten three or make only ten threes out of twenty nine. Like they just can't afford none of that. They need to be on their p's and q's if you seriously want to beat this Miami Heat team, and, uh, bro, I don't even know what to say, like, when it comes to X's and O's and schematics, when it comes to the Miami Heat, they're just, like, they get the most out of everyone, you know, they get every ounce of your potential, Max Juice is looking like 6'10", Clay Thompson, what the hell is going (laughs) on, bro? (laughs) It's just, like, the team is just a great defensive center, an unstoppable wing who gets into the paint and creates open shots for others nonstop. And a lot of undrafted, gritty ass men who want it more than everybody else hitting those open threes. <laughs> and then there's Kevin Love. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> <There's Kevin> Love. <laughs> <laughs> then you have the Calvin Klein model who throws passes <laughs> across the court. Like, yeah, exactly. God, man. Nah, they're, they're yeah. disgusting. They're they're disgusting. And it's so weird because they're not disgusting. Look at the no, names they on paper. Are. And, what do you? No, but they are. Yeah. I agree. But they're they're not. But they are. Like they shouldn't be, but what makes the Miami Heat special to you guys? Eric Sprolster is a genius, and what that looks like is you say he's getting the most out of his players. That's the easy way to say it: is he finds ways to make these people they find off the scrap heaps useful, which also maybe is a disservice to the scouting department there because Max Strus, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, they have skills, but Eric Sprolster knows exactly what lineups to deploy exactly the right times when to go to zone defense, when to go to drop coverage. All these things, that they make so many changes on the fly within the games that playing them must be confusing as fuck. Because you, you play the Bucks in a series, and they run the same coverage every single play. You know what to expect. You play the Sixers, you know they're going to do Harden and Embiid pick and rolls to death. You know how to defend that. Then you go against the Heat, and you're just seeing a million different things with the and those things change every single game based on the lineups you deploy. It's just such mental chess you have to play every single play 
and then you have Jimmy Butler who just wants everyone and everybody who's relentless. It's just hard. Listen, Jason yeah. Tatum found out that it was hard again because he folded. His yeah. his fourth quarter was trash. His last three yeah. minutes was abominable. He had three turn he had three turnovers. Didn't get up a single shot in the fourth quarter, which is wild. Damn. Jason well, tell Tatum, them what the Jason were. Tatum coming off a fifty one point game, <laughs> did not get a single shot off in the fourth quarter. That's insane. Bro, tell them what type of turnovers they were in the fourth quarter. Oh my goodness, that makes it funnier. So one of them, the the first one, was he was driving, tried to tried to kick it out to Jalen Brown, and Jimmy Butler was like, "You're stupid if you if you think that I didn't see that. I'll take that." Right? <laughs> he jumps the passing lanes. He gets it. The next two turnovers travels, back to back possessions, back to back possessions. He travels with the basketball. He was how? <laughs> nah, he folded. He folded. You know why? We could say he folded, but travels are not a normal thing Jason Tatum does. That's not a, a trait of his. That's that a Brown because thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. But no, that happens because the Heat apply so much pressure with their constantly changing defensive schemes. They're running zone one play. The next, they're running hard traps on pick and rolls. And then plus, they just have these tenacious defenders with so much length. When you have Jimmy Butler and Max Struess, who's like deceptively tall, like he's like 6'5 and really long. Pause. It's easy to be like in a pressure moment of a late fourth quarter. It's easy to get flustered when you're not a natural high level playmaker who can handle that type of pressure. It's fucking difficult. Like it's, that's a lot of pressure. The the, I think it was the first one. Of, one of the travels. I can't remember in what order they came. One of them came where he Tatum had caught the ball on the wing and he's going for a shot and somebody's flying by him to to contest. He tries to pump fake and then put the ball on the ground and he like jumped with the pump fake and did all that. That's because of everything that you're saying. It's because of the yeah. length, but it's like it's moving too fast. That listen, the Celtics for as many for as many great players that they have on their team and really good players. They have some of the worst like late or most I'll say inconsistent because there's sometimes where they're really good, but they have they have some of the most inconsistent late game execution that I've ever seen, and it's the same thing that happened last year, right? The turnovers killed them in, in the finals. The turn the turnovers mm. and the bad execution nearly killed them in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Heat. They were up 13 with two minutes to go, and the Heat stormed back because of all these things. And I think that Miami, because of and we. Honestly, can't say it enough. Because of their intangibles, because of heat culture, because of all this, they will capitalize on every single one of those mistakes. And so unless Boston is perfect going down the stretch or unless they're up by 10 with two minutes to go, I don't trust them to execute down the stretch. I, I just don't the, see it. The thing with the Celtics is that, like, structurally with how they're built and also, like, their general play style, like, those two things – don't a hundred and ten percent mess just because like playmaking is not a hundred percent like a natural thing for Jason Tatum and especially Jalen Brown, um, who had six turnovers by the way. That's absolutely disgusting. Anyways, um, yeah. So like when you play that this like high level flying up and down like ball throwing like you're you're riding with a three point shot, and then. They just, they're just, their, their scheme of playing basketball doesn't play directly well into someone like Jason Tatum's hands. Yeah. Um, 
and you're just inviting a lot of inconsistencies with that. And that's just what naturally is going to happen. If you had more of a natural playmaker, then I think you have like a completely different result because you have someone who can see all levels of the floor and not just make these like one, two quick reactionary passes that the normal player can develop over as years go by, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We keep mentioning that the heat find a way to win off of purely wanting it more and all this stuff, which is like the easy way to say it. But what it really means is the things we're talking about is that, they apply lots of pressure and force you to make quick decisions or they'll capitalize on those mistakes you make. And that's not something entirely new. Like teams have played high risk, high reward levels types of defense before where they're applying pressure, going for steals, trying to make plays and make you beat them with smart, quick choices. That's nothing new. There's a reason the Heat don't win the championship every year because you can exploit that. But the way to exploit that is like what we saw in the 2020 finals where you have a really smart playmaker like LeBron who can see that pressure, slow down and dice it up. That's the answer. That's why we saw peak of his power is Giannis in 2021 sweep this team. This is the same team, essentially. It just takes that type of playmaker or playmakers, if you have Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis, to be able to see this pressure, analyze it, and dissect it. And for what you said, for everything that the Celtics do well, Jason Tatum was dicing them up in the first quarter, in the second quarter. Nobody can stay in front of him. He can get to the rim at will. But can he see this defense, make the right pass, analyze it and be the lead playmaker it's hard. one it's assist hard. one it's assist tonight by the way for tatum four turnovers god man, that's that's it's pretty ugly. bad it's pretty yeah, bad it's ugly so like that's mm. what i'm like if it was the lakers playing them i think we'd be seeing the heat look more like the team full of undrafted free agents because we'd have lebron <laughs> who can dissect this and hit these shooters and not be razzled by the double teams but they're playing a team without a playmaker who and it goes the other way too. If we saw the Celtics against the Nuggets, maybe we'd say, damn, oh these guys goodness. don't have the perimeter defenders to stay in front of Jason Tatum. They can't do so and so and so and so. It just goes to show you that everything is a game of matchups. And the Miami Heat are just the perfect matchup for the Celtics, I think. Exactly. 100%, 100%. agree. And in, in that bag. is why I have a hard time thinking that the Celtics will get away with all the mistakes and wild inconsistencies that they make with winning this series at all like i honestly think oh, look, this at is, look at you i'm very surprised that, like, that both of you guys are are on the heat oh i didn't say yeah. i'm picking the heat to win the series well i'm picking i'm picking the heat. who are you picking i'm kidding uh <laughs> I, I don't know I, I i'll pick the heat for now from what we've seen in game one and God, what man, makes sense I'm on paper, for now make a pick you're heat such should... a cop-out <laughs> no i don't know I, I i'm not even saying that the cop-out i'm saying i'll pick the heat for now but i'm not confident because i these are two That's teams right. that I like to doubt at every corner turn, but they both just, like, win. Like, the Celtics were in the finals for a reason. Last series, we were talking shit about the Celtics being consistent. They decimated the 76ers in Game 7. Uh, like, that, is, that, is, that is more we'll because that. of we'll them. Exactly. Exactly. That I is agree. more we'll because get... of them. Eh. Yeah. The Celtics also had an amazing game plan that focused on the weaknesses of both those stars and played into that. And they melted down because of the defense, too. But I'm not even, that's not even the point. I'm saying to say is that these are two teams that are kind of up and down, and when they're up, they're really fucking hard to beat, and when they're down, they look very mortal. So I won't be shocked if Game Two we come out and we see the Celtics blow them out, and we're like, oh fuck, now we found stupid. Like it's just gonna be such an up and down series. I don't feel confident in any prediction, but you gotta go yeah. to the Heat for now. Yeah, I don't feel confident with my prediction of the Miami Heat. Well, actually, not screw that. I do feel confident, <laughs> but like. The up and down, like you're saying, is like very real. Of course, um, you're relying on 
a bunch of role players like Caleb Martin hitting what three out of whatever threes that he shot and made tonight. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. relying on Kyle Lowry to continuously be this offensive jolt off of the he was bench. Cooking. And you're also like relying on Bam Adebayo to steadily be aggressive too, which is like been so shaky. And that's honestly like an X factor. I don't want to say the X factor it might be the X factor. I haven't really thought about it yet, but like his aggressiveness is so important. Um, he should be the best big in this series by far. I think he is. He showed that tonight. And so there's just, I just, I just feel comfortable with Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster being the head of my team and smoothing things out and catching the Celtics in the most vulnerable moments like tonight, for example. <laughs> yeah. I can't blame you. It's just like you said, we, we, when we say the Celtics are inconsistent, that means they're not always at their best. But sometimes they're at their best. <laughs> when they're at their yeah. best, they're damn near impossible to beat. So I just yeah. don't know how I can feel confident in any prediction in the series. Right? I can't even feel confident in anything involving the Celtics, really. It's, you just <laughs> never know what you're going to get from them. And that's why I Which, can't just That is true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a good thing at all. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is true. Yeah, that is true. But I think their time has come. That is my prediction on, <laughs> when it comes to this series. You can get away with all these inconsistencies and not being trustable, but against this team with the way they've been playing on a consistent basis with Gabe Vincent and all them boys, I don't think you're going get to get away with this one, pal. Yeah. Not this series. Yeah, man. It's, it's, either way, we're, we're in for two really great series in these conference finals. Phenomenal, I think, bro. I think we should pivot a little bit away from these series and talk about the biggest story of yesterday – the NBA draft lottery finally happened, and after months and months of thinking, where's the most hype prospect since LeBron going to go? We now know that Victor Wimbanyana is going to be a San Antonio Spur. Hooray! Well, we'll- Yay! <laughs> He's <not> so mad. <laughs> I'm so How excited. do you feel about this? <laughs> San Antonio, like, listen. Shout out, shout out to the Spurs. You get another great big in your history. I think Pop's going to stay around. I'm very interested just to see. I just want to see how good. I want to know how good Wemby's going to be off rip. That's the only. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I'm concerned of. The Spurs are. They're not going to be a great team next year. They still have. They are still missing a million pieces. Right in terms of building something for the future, they need a couple more foundational pieces. Um, they've been in kind of just like this tankathon, no man's land since the whole Kawhi Leonard, you know, went away. But shout out to yeah. them. Right, the league saved them from being on the brink of complete irrelevance. So <laughs> they have Wemby, and so it should be no. Fun, let's though. let's let's put the let's put some respect on their name. Shout out to them for going ahead and shipping away Dejounte Murray and getting the absolute most in the perfect time instead of being uh, an indecisive organization like we see with yes. plenty of teams. Shout in the out to Spurs for fleecing the Atlanta Hawks and having it pay off. I almost hung up this phone call. But anyway, it's like <laughs> I was saying. <laughs> I think they're in a fantastic spot. This is literally like storybook. The NBA scriptwriters, like, again, like they're in their absolute Duffy right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, having Jeremy Sohan, Devin Vassell, I don't know what their guard play is going to be or their point guard play is going to be necessarily looking like, but they have, they already have like good pieces that you envision and you want around Victor Wimbanyama. It's just all about like how how good is he gonna be in the NBA? What yeah. type of how I I don't I'm scared 
I'm not scared. I'm slightly disappointed that it's the Spurs because, like, they're not going to let him play, let him cook basketball. <laughs> like, he's going to be forced to play the right way. And he's like, he might not put up crazy numbers. I don't know. I could be wrong, but just going he's by, gonna, like, the Spurs track record. crazy numbers. Anyway. I hope. I hope. I hope. I yeah. want to see it. I was uh, I was disappointed at first. I was going to it. I was like, anybody but the fucking Spurs, please. Yeah. I find yeah. the Spurs so boring. I was praying on their downfall. And I wanted to go to Detroit. So when I saw Detroit fell from the best odds to number five, I was ready to throw up. I wanted Cade <laughs> with Wemby so fucking bad. Man. And like I said, I want anybody with the Spurs. I want to see him with Lamelo, maybe with Dame, with the Rockets core. And then we got the Spurs. Him and Keldon Johnson. <laughs> Yuck. But but I've talked myself into it in the past yeah. day. I finally gave the Spurs the respect they deserve. I look at the roster up and down and I said, okay, at power forward, they have Jeremy Sohan, a really talented playmaker who's gonna be weirdly versatile and a very unique player. Just having that with Wemby, who's the perfect player to play with a four who can play make and not shoot that well. Fact. That's the perfect player to put next to him. Kelvin Johnson is Kelvin Johnson, whatever. Vassell is a really talented two who has some skills that I think will develop into a really high-level starter. Not a star, but a good starter. Trey Jones is probably ideally your backup point guard, but he's yeah. a good. He's, he's Tyus Jones light. There's nothing wrong with that. I think they eventually have to find a dynamic guard to star next to him, but Absolutely. for year one, starting with that core around him, that's going to be a respectable team. And it's great for his development as well. I don't think... Yeah. I think when it comes to a lot of NBA teams and how they drafted and whatnot, a lot of teams aren't positioned perfectly to have like the a great team around their young quote unquote star to help amplify all their skills and whatnot. And when it comes to Wemby, like this is the perfect team. Now I ain't gonna lie, you said you wanted him like in Detroit next to Cade. I wanted him in Charlotte next to that other light skinned dude and alongside like PJ Washington and okay, that doesn't move anybody for real. But really, I just wanted to see him next to Lamelo, to be honest, bro. That's because Lamelo's gonna be out of there soon, and this team is quite literally going to be in the dumps. And you can trust any other team in the NBA other than the Charlotte Hornets and the mismanagement that's been constantly going over there. But it is what it is. Who cares? They're in a great spot regardless. They got uh, this. Could be a good chance to talk about number two, uh, the number two overall pick. And we'll see what the hell they want to do with that. They're a suspect organization, but they're, going they're, back to they're the get, first, they're getting like, Scoot. They're getting Scoot Henderson. I hope they I hope. should get Scoot, but I feel like they're going to pick Brandon Miller and pass up on Scoot because they're drafting for fit, which is dumb as hell. Whenever you have Scoot Henderson on the board and you have nobody but Lamelo on your roster, like at that point of the draft and that point of your rebuild, you have to pick best player available and just aim for the stars. And I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're going to pick Brandon Miller. I, I I refuse to believe that they are that that stupid. No, they're bad. Mitch, Mitch Kupchak is not a good GM. Oh, he's speaking from experience. He said that as if he had nightmares. <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> he, was a, he was a Lakers GM for a while. Not good. And yeah. the, what have the Charlotte Hornets done well in the draft besides LaMelo in the past eight years? Silence. I, Miles I guess, Bridges? I I but guess they found that rapper expelled. somewhere in the draft, but <laughs> some great choice that we, was. We can't talk about him. We can't talk about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm bleeping that name out. <laughs> <laughs> As you should. Yeah, man. I don't trust them at all. Portland getting the three is interesting. I They're actually it. rumored to be trading, shopping that pick and probably going to trade it to win now around Dame, which 
I don't think anybody wants to see that happen, but they're stupid, so we'll see what happens. Carl with that. Anthony Towns, welcome to the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> like, I wouldn't hate that. I honestly I wouldn't think hate I that. See it, I see it happening. I see it yes. happening. I don't see why the Minnesota Timberwolves would not do this and just hone in on, like, you already know Anthony Edwards is your guy at that point. Get over the wave of disappointment that you've created around Carl Anthony Towns and just move on to the next chapter. As for the Blazers, do I think that this will fix them? No. Will this make <laughs> them slightly better? Sure. And that's all they should be looking for right now. This is just more say, so like. You say mm-hmm. cat. You know what I see? I Ooh. see Pascal Siakam for the number three overall pick. I love it too. That makes complete sense. But Masai Ujiri, he's stingy though. So, and I don't know what's <laughs> up with that man. <laughs> he chuttered for Jakob Pertl, bro. Like, and he gave him a first round pick. I don't trust him to make any moves. You're right. He's kind of washed. He's playing. He's, he's, he has like CTE going on right now. So I don't know like if he's actually going to make the right moves happen. So, yeah, know. man. <laughs> we get the Rockets at four. They're going to get. Is it Amon or Amen? How do you say his name? A Thompson? There's twins? a Sar and then Amen. Okay, Amen. They're probably going to get Amen Thompson at four. Unless Scoot somehow falls, but I doubt it. <sighs> Dude, the Rockets cool. deserve shit. Fuck that team. <laughs> <laughs> no, <they're bad. laughs> Detroit at five. They'll probably get Walker, that power forward, put next to Duran. That'll be cool, I guess. I feel bad for them. Winning 17 games and falling to five. That's tough. Uh, yeah, this just screws them up completely. Like, I feel like. After once you get to three, like everyone's draft, like every, the top players available aren't like seamless fits or like ideal fits for like any of these teams. So this I is expect, a really deep draft, though. yeah, but I, yeah, with that being said, though, I do still expect like a lot of movement happening. Like I know the Orlando Magic have to be absolutely fiending and they're hoping that like the Charlotte Hornets pull like a dumbass move and like somehow want to accept a trade from the Orlando Magic with all the oh, yeah. assets that They're, they have. Listen, the, the Magic are getting the, the second overall pick for Wendell Carter Jr. I hope. Like, that's Ooh, happening. Ooh, that'd be cool. That'd be, would the Magic get into two wing scoot with that? Scoot with Paolo and Franz? And Franz? God. Ooh. They're doing that. Yeah. That would be hard. They're, they're I, that I hope that happens. Yeah. That would that makes be me, dope. That, that makes me slightly sad for Marco Fultz because he was actually snapping. Um, but... The story's cute, but I we mean, have listen, to play he serious will, now. <laughs> he'll be fine in Charlotte. Like, <laughs> who is fine in Charlotte? Would he really? <laughs> I don't know if he will be. He'll be fine on like the Jazz or something. He'll go somewhere and get some minutes and be good. But doesn't got to be with the Magic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. The rest I of the rest it. of the lottery went pretty chalk. The Jazz. I mean, the Mavericks kept their pick. They fell in the top Boo. ten. Thank God they didn't Boo. lose it. Yeah. Oh, Frank, you're a Knicks fan. <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about this draft. Overall, just want to get you guys' a first impression on Wemby going to the Spurs. I think the general consensus here is good for him, good for the Spurs. Not the most exciting, but it'll be good for his development. Yeah, yeah. good for the yes. development and the NBA scriptwriters. Like, I trust him out of all the teams that were destined to be in the lottery. Obviously, like the Spurs are easy, like one of the most trustworthy organizations if not the most trustworthy organization in the nba when it comes to not mismanaging for the most part talent so i think they're fine yeah i love it all right let's let's do a quick transition before we get to tiktok time we have to talk about the elephant in the room who i completely forgot to mention earlier we gotta talk about fucking john morant man oh i forgot about him wow. me too if i didn't look at our show rundown right now i would have forgot about him because there's nothing to do with basketball and i'd rather not be talking about him but we have to because one of the league's brightest stars has continued to be one of the league's biggest idiots 
and try his hardest to speed run a career. Yeah. And it's insane, man. The first time somehow- this happened, yeah, like, I'll finish your sentence for you. Might be, but for those who are out of the loop, this dude, John Morant, went ahead and flashed a gun in his friend's Instagram live. Uh, this time it wasn't again. his Instagram thing. Yeah, again. Um, this time it wasn't his Instagram actual account, so but it was stupid. his friend's. And the second that it was posted up, the, the Instagram account only had like 112 or 15 people in it. But the internet is the internet. <laughs> it got out everywhere. <laughs> Digital footprints are real. They are exactly. real Exactly. Exactly, you know, and the first time this happened, I don't think we spoke on it virtually, like at all. You said goots like on a... the podcast one time. Just want to let that footprint. You said goots on the podcast one time. There's no footprint. Okay. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're, we're trying to talk about something real here, okay? Okay, we're trying to talk about something real. We're trying to talk about John Moran. We talk about some real black man struggles, okay? <laughs> <As> <laughs> you just interrupted me talking <laughs> about some goots. Thank you, bro. Talk let's let's center this Have conversation. Some shame. A young brother is in trouble, and he's crying out for help on the internet. John Morant is playing with guns on the internet, and like for real, for real, he's like, "This is this is the second time." And you would think that after the first time, even even for his own safety, right? Because like the fact that he got in trouble, the only thing that that for me that I thought would happen is that John's like. Okay, like I'm still gonna move the way that I move. I'm just not gonna be on Instagram Live. The fact that anytime the Instagram Live comes on, he's like, "Hey, it's show and tell. You guys want to see what I have?" And he just like <laughs> wants to show the fact that he like has a gun, and it's just it's crazy because and a lot a lot of people have made this point in that I like one he probably he most likely got left off off of all NBA teams because of everything that happened. Right. And a lot of people, their view of Ja and Ja's season and the way that he affected his team was very, very negative because he was out here playing with a gun in Denver. And then after not only on the on like the money side, but playing playing there's already been this entire like persona about Ja. The fact that he like wants to show that he's from a certain, you know, he's cut, he's cut from a certain cloth. Call it what it is. He wants to be hood Thank really, you. really badly. Yeah. He wants you to know that he's hood. He's done that. There was the laser pointer incident. There was the there was the incident of him showing the gun to the seventeen year old um, in a pickup basketball game. He ran up on a on a finish line uh, customer. Like, there's all these things that he keeps doing because he wants to be because he wants to be hood, and it's like. Fam, do you not understand, like, what you're doing? Like, there's that. You are an NBA player on the precipice of making $250 million. There's that. And you are in Memphis, Tennessee. And you are out here showing people, like, oh, yeah, I have it on me. Which is just inviting people to... To come at you, you're all people know where Job Morant is going to be from October to April. They know his entire schedule. You are already a target the moment you you sign a contract, and the fact that you are out here comporting yourself the way that you are is idiotic, and it's it's very very stupid. And I, yeah. I, for his sake, he just has to stop. Yeah, yeah. it's nothing good. He has to and- stop. That that's what happens when you go to counseling for two days. This man went to counseling <laughs> on a Monday, <laughs> reportedly, uh, and checked out on a Wednesday. Everybody knew that. Got a massage happened. and went home. Bro, Nothing happened. Something that has to be said is like, you know, we could say this is him being stupid, which he didn't isn't on that, but there's like some serious 
underlying issues that's happening with him psychologically and like within his circle because prior to his like pre-draft synopsis and anal and anal- and and analysts like no one sniffed out any of this we know how slimy and dirty these nfl these nba scouts are and how they dig up any piece of information they will tell you Not if they would know if you cheated on your whole your like math <laughs> test in fifth grade bro they're just that <laughs> deep in the weaves with everything and for nothing to be like to nothing to happen in this rookie of the rookie year second year and third year now all this is happening out of the blue after showing no real consistency at all no no real track record of being a bastard all this happening around the same time <laughs> that's a red flag what is going on what, like why would you call yeah. that because <laughs> this, this is bastard activity <laughs> like you are literally what People would die, kill to be in a position what he is right now. He's hooping for a living, you know? You're dunking yeah, on people for, for a living. You know what I'm saying? And the problem is, too, it's like you're saying, the, he, apparently there was no sign of him being this beforehand. And it's just like, why? He's just like playing into this, this typical stereotype of athletes wanting to be rappers and just like feeling like now that he's in this position of fame and notoriety and he has this money that he has to live a certain lifestyle, he has to be NBA Youngboy. When he absolutely does not, there's nothing in the world that says he has to be NBA young boy, but he feels that internally, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And after the first one, I want to give him a lot of slack and be like, people make mistakes. He's yeah, a young sure. guy who has come into fame and fortune. It's hard to deal with that. There's outside influences that are not easy to separate yourself from as you come into money. And a lot of people have shared that sentiment, right? They were like, maybe there's influences around him that he needs to be mature about and separate himself from and figure out what is important for him. But at a certain point, I think Bomani Jones was saying this, that at a certain point, maybe he's the bad influence. Like you can only give somebody so many chances and assuming it's because of others when people will show you who they are and you have to listen to them eventually. And to do it this fast after the controversy that could have cost him insane amounts of money. It did cost him a lot of money at the moment, but could have like ruined his career Mm-hmm. And he got away from it and looked like he was on the up and up. To do it again in the exact same fashion, not even six months later, that might be this type of sign you need to see from somebody to stop giving them benefit of the doubt. Damn. Uh, 100%, 100%. And it's like his friend was the one who put the who put the phone down once he saw once he turned over because his friend was driving. Once he turned over and was like, the, the gun's out. What is, what is happening? Like, <laughs> bro, bro, bro. They weren't driving. They were in a driveway. They were stationary getting lit in their car. And John was just like, hey. <laughs> For what? Uh, For man, what? Casamigo demons, demons are different, bro. <laughs> and there, and again, and there's several videos of him just just walking around with a bottle of Casamigos, taking it, take, you know, just taking mad shots of it. Like it's juice and it's like facing it like it's water, bro. Damn. Yeah, and it's yeah. just it's it's a lot of very just weird, weird and scary behavior from Ja. Hopefully, whatever needs to happen to get him like on the on the right path happens. But it's it's a very it's a it's a bad situation for Ja to be in. It's a bad situation for the Grizzlies. It's a bad situation for everybody for the league yeah. involved to, to have a- to have your one of the best, you know, rising rising stars, one of the best young stars in the game doing this. Let's uh, real quick 
we should talk about why it's a big deal, like in general, because I think especially from like our people, we have a very young audience. And on a serious note, a lot of them will see this and be like, he didn't commit a crime. Owning exactly. a gun is okay. You're allowed to have a gun. It's probably, maybe it's licensed. Like there's nothing wrong with that. We got to ex- talk about the difference between just like being a gun owner and being a marketable NBA star, exactly. face of a league, face of a billion dollar corporation. Exactly. Acting, treating a gun like it's an accessory, like it's a toy and glorifying guns in a way that makes it seem casual. Like everybody should just have one because it's cool. There's Let's a huge difference there. The NBA is easily like, arguably, it's one of the two most influential sports and just things on the planet point blank period you ever see a random white kid doing the gritty on tiktok that is because of john Morant and nobody else he's the one who went ahead and like helped popularize the entire thing and the nba is just like the best sport when it comes to it being all about the player of course and also like who the player is like Mm -hmm. we play into personalities and tendencies so much Kawhi leonard and guys like Kawhi leonard like he's known for just being quiet you know, and like everyone runs with that, and that's his stick. That's his thing, you know. And LeBron James, he has memes for days. Like a, a new LeBron meme comes out at least once every month, you know. And for someone like Jaw to do things like this does nothing but influence and make other people like their young audiences sure. and everybody think that this is just okay, you know. And that's why. Yeah. It should be like shunned upon as hard as it is. Yeah, he didn't shoot or kill anybody or anything like that. But things, who's to say that things will not ever get to that point? God forbid that happens to you like that. But point blank, period. Like, you're you're messing with the psyche of like the youth and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? And it's not even, you're saying, God forbid, it ever gets to that point where he actually does something with the guns. That's not even the point. He can never do anything with it. It can have no bullets in it and he's just waving around because it's cool. That's the issue right there is that he's promoting the glorification of a certain lifestyle to an audience that will emulate that and who is not from that lifestyle and has no reason to be glorifying that lifestyle themselves. When Allen Iverson was at his peak, the most influential player, he little white kids were wearing arm sleeves, having uh, fake braids, braids. <laughs> tattoo sleeves, like yeah. all this shit. Like The most influential stars, you will see the children around the country want to be like them. Mamba mentality influenced an entire generation of young kids. Jaw is not that level, but... In terms of popularity among young stars, he is as high as it gets. Top like five, he, easily. Top one, probably. He had yeah. the opportunity to be the most marketable player in the NBA, potentially. So, like, you cannot understate how much influence he has with the generation. So, really, it's not even about did he do a crime. It's what type of image is he giving across and what type of lifestyle is he showing these kids is cool. Mm-hmm. Point and people, blank, period. Yeah, and people are going to be like, Nobody hates rappers for doing this, but it's different when you're an athlete and when you're a rapper. Like, he clearly is trying to merge these two worlds, but the image of what a rapper represents is very different from what an athlete represents and how what kind of influence they have on realistically to the people that watch their product. Exactly. You literally, quite literally hit it on the money, you know? And now, like, if I'm a Grizzlies fan, you can't feel nothing but utterly sick to your stomach because what are you supposed to do? Um, how can this, how can you continue to trust someone who lied to your face? Not even like a whole year from now, just like two, three months or whatever it must've been. And so this just causes so much issues. And if I'm like the Memphis Grizzlies, I don't want to like think of trade possibilities or whatnot, but you need to think of a backup plan 
just in case something happens again because like he lied to you once he, he lied oh he lied to you once already who's to say he won't do it again 100%. for sure yeah yeah I mean, yeah because maybe you're not at the point yet where you gotta think about like what am i gonna do but you gotta be thinking like can i trust this guy long term whatever that looks like for the people in the front office they have a better feel for it than we do but as soon as it happened they came out and said john morant is suspended from team activities there ain't no fucking team activities going on right now they yeah, said that to make it clear that they're sending a message that we are not cool with this. We're not condoning this. We are sick of this shit. That message is loud and clear. So clearly there's, whether it just be these two incidents or things Jaw has done in the way he conducts himself around these, they clearly are not even trying to pretend that they're being, you know, uh, open to allowing him to go yeah. through this. They're clearly putting, putting down the hammer. This is not okay. I know how to fix John Moran. Send that man to the Utah Jazz. No hose, <laughs> no drinks, nothing but mountains. He and would cold be the most weather. dangerous in Utah. I'm letting you yeah. know that right now. <laughs> really? Nothing yeah. around him. Nothing around him. He would be. He the club would be at his house. Okay, <laughs> Utah's yeah. most wanted. Okay, he would be the most dangerous. When you are when you are bored, you are the most dangerous. And so, like Utah, Utah can't can't be the case for him. But so are you, are you saying send him to Miami or LA? Like just go the opposite way. <laughs> I mean, listen, that's that's bad too. Memphis is he needs to be somewhere like he needs to be somewhere like Dallas or somewhere somewhere like like Houston, like a, a big big city enough, but, yeah. but not send like him to too a big. state that allows guns the most. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I guess I guess that's true. I'm trying. I'm just thinking about it in scale. I know what you mean. I'm I just thinking about it in scale. Yeah, Listen, man. before aside aside from job, and before we get to TikTok time, there's been something that I have been dying to talk about. Can we please in in guys? I, I don't even know the word. Can we put some slander into this episode real quick before we get into TikTok time? Add <laughs> some more negativity to it. Let's get it. Please. Yeah. Are you talking about who I think you're talking about? Yes, you are. We need to talk about how embarrassing and disgraceful <laughs> Joel Embiid and James Harden played in Game 7 against the Celtics because they are out, right? We talked about the Celtics being being uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. That came because they destroyed the Sixers in Game 7. James Harden and Joel Embiid combined for, what? let me see this, 24 points on 8 of 29 shooting from the field. <laughs> they sucked. They 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 suck. James Harden pulled a James Harden as he always does. Joel Embiid showed that his MVP was the most fraudulent MVP in Oof. all of NBA history. And we ranked, listen. We ranked <laughs> we ranked Joel Embiid's MVP season as like a C tier. That's a D tier after this. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't respect anything that that Let organization does. Cook. And and it got the coach fired. This there's nothing good. They suck. Yeah. This first man, off, we'll before go ready to hate. <laughs> Doc Rivers should have been fired, so I'm not going to say it. you implied that they suck so bad I got their coach fired. Doc Rivers didn't help himself. Doc Rivers is a crap coach who's been coasting off of one title 15 years ago. It was about that time he got chopped. But it comes at two things, right? Joel Embiid and James Harden both played like shit. At this point, I don't even feel the need to pile in on James Harden. He is who he showed us he is. No, no, is no, 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 no. We are going to pile on, and I need an apology from you two, because after the first game, y'all were like, oh, why don't you go and apologize to James Harden? He dropped 45. Sh shut up. I told y'all exactly what was going to happen. I told y'all two weeks ago that you this did. is who this man was. Y'all right. didn't you believe did. James me. Harden. Yeah, this is who he is. You're 100% right. James Harden is the guy that he'll have his best playoff performance of his career, have another good game, two okay games, but 
four piss poor games where he forgets how to play basketball. His game turns into insurance fraud. He doesn't know how to do anything right. <laughs> That's who he is. He just he showed us that time and time again. It's He's despicable. not even as good as he used to be. That's fine. I don't even care anymore. That's who he is. <laughs> we, we, yeah. we, we will go forward knowing James Harden is this guy. What I do care about and what we do need to conversate about is Joel Embiid is damn near the same guy. Every year, every single year, he does not get past the second round. And most of the time, it is not entirely his fault, but he's not doing shit to elevate his team and make up for the other problems. You could say it's because he's always injured. And this year, he had the MCL sprain, which we don't know how much it hampered him. But oh fucking well, he's always injured. It's the same thing we do with Chris Paul. We know he's going to be injured. So at a certain point, you got to bake that into your evaluation. He's not going to be healthy for a playoff run. And so he's going to be crap for a playoff run. It's almost guaranteed. And I think we mentioned it in the stream yesterday on TikTok. This year, he had 33 points per game in the playoffs. I mean, in the regular season. And in the playoffs, it was 23 points per game. A 10-point drop-off. That is the biggest drop-off of points per game from any star in NBA history. The second biggest drop-off in NBA history, last year's Joel Embiid. Damn. He is now, unequivocally, one of the biggest playoff droppers in NBA history alongside James Harden. That is he what is happens. big James Damn. Harden. That is what happens when your game is also based on insurance fraud, right? Joel's, <laughs> Joel's game is based on him getting to the free throw line 12, 13 times a game, doing the stupid rip through 15 million times. And guess what? In the playoffs, when people, when defenses are better, when they're going to send the double, and apparently Joel Embiid hasn't learned anything over the last three years because they've been sending double teams every single playoff series, and he has not watched the film once because he doesn't know what to do when the <laughs> double comes. And he doesn't know. He can't get he can't get to the free throw line. He can't pass out, out of the double team. He's shooting five five for 18. He's getting locked up by Al Horford. That's the part. He's, he's getting locked up by Al, by Al Horford for years in a row. <laughs> Damn. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Bro, and the, the complicated part is, to give him some benefit for the doubt, if we're giving him any, this is also the Celtics who did this to KD last year, pissed on KD's grave, swept him out of the first round, and now he did this to Joel Embiid. Clearly, the Celtics are incredible at exploiting stars, scorers who aren't very good passers. They can't do that to Jimmy. Oh, okay. Who aren't who aren't good passers? Aren't very good passers. Yeah, so, yeah. like, if you're not a person who can pass out of doubles, they're gonna destroy you internally. So, on one hand, okay, it's the Celtics. This is what they're good at. So, give them some credit. But five for eighteen shooting, it wasn't as simple as just like they made him pass and you couldn't do it well. It was just kind of what we were talking about with the Celtics versus the Heat, where the game moved at such a speed and such a complicatedness of the defense, he couldn't, you know, dissect it. He likes to hold the ball a lot and stand in his high post position, sitting there jabbing, figuring out what the defense is doing, and by the time he's ready to make his move, there's eight seconds left on the shot clock. You can do that in the regular season. Most often than not, it'll work because you'll make your shots and you'll hit the basic passes. You cannot do that against the Celtics. At that point, you end up having these terrible possessions where you're taking awful mid-range shots or throwing the ball to James Harden to shit himself and do James Harden things. It's not going to work out for this duo ever. <sighs> this is unforgivable. And I am <laughs> happy that everyone now across the brightest lights sees the light in terms of just like <laughs> Jokic versus Embiid and stuff like that. And I've always, Isaac's always, and I'm pretty sure Donovan you've always felt like it's always been Jokic in terms of being the best center in the NBA. And it's for reasons like these, you know, Embiid's going to be, he's 29 years old at the end of next season. He's going to be 30 years old. You're 29. You haven't been past the second round, dude. Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. And please, please mature. Get to the conference finals. Come on. 
And what grinds, what irritates me the most out of this entire situation is like, okay, you have a crapper, whatever, cool. Like, it's known to be happening. This is your reputation. But after the game, you go out in a press conference and you say, me and James Harden can't do this alone. We need players to show up. Bitch, you're the players. What do you mean? <laughs> you are players. It's you two. P.J. Tucker went out, played his heart out, scored like 11 points to your 15. That ratio is crazy. He played what his heart out, scored about? 11 points. Yeah, it's for P.J. Tucker. It's for PJ. He shot three. He made three threes. Shout out to you. you he made four thing, field goals. You, Joel Embiid, you're done. You're done. But Tyrese Maxey, sure, he didn't have the greatest game. I think he only scored like 11 or some points. But like... We what like we like Tyrese Maxey so much that we're just gonna, we're just gonna let him pass for like for exactly. not having a great series, right? Because he he exactly. also wasn't great. He mean, was, he's a role player. Role players are consistent sometimes against great defenses. He doesn't have the expectations that James Harden and Joel Embiid I mean, no, have. No, yeah. no, but like Maxey's two of six from from three from the you know he did, he also didn't have like a great. He shot forty two percent from the field. Like it's not like Listen, it's hard. It's hard great. to be real good when when your two good players are leading shit offense and not getting anything <laughs> moving and allowing yeah, you to and cook. pounding the hell out of the ball, doing this, just throw it to you at <laughs> random times and expect you to like, hey, like make some shit happen out of nothing. Like Here, it's hard. Run fast. That's, nat- that's not naturally him. You know, yeah. he's a very specific type of player, and you have to put him in a specific system to make things work, or at least like a freelance system in the in the. Philadelphia 76ers are not they're not like really freelance whatsoever. So this is just a tough series. Well listen. Like, shout out to Tyrese Maxey and all that, but bro. Listen, we we have one more year of Joel and B like next year Joel's probably gonna get a pass because it's just gonna be him and Tyrese Maxey. Because James Harden is coming back to Houston. He's like, listen, I Damn. gave a, he's like, listen, I gave a fifteen million dollars to try and to try and win something. We got bounced in the second round, which I said was gonna happen from the start of the season. But he he gave up that money and at this point he's like, guys, I just wanna have fun. I just wanna live my life yeah. and do what I do. So he's gonna come back to Houston and probably <laughs> finish his career here. Yeah. yeah, he declined his player option yesterday, and is an under, now an unrestricted free agent. Word on the street is, according to Chris Haynes, he wants a four-year contract, whatever that may be. Everyone knows his eyes on Houston. Apparently, he's also interested in the Suns, which, if they yeah. go that route, Jesus Christ, God, but it's nasty. He's clearly not super committed to the 76ers, which he verbally was in the media last year. So, if Every I was a Sixers lies. fan, I, yeah, I would <laughs> fully expect him to leave. If I was a Sixers fan. Yeah, if you're James Harden, like, why would you go back? Like, I think this was the easy, not the easiest, but the clearest chance and route they've had to win in a long time, especially if you're James Harden, the West dealing with all that crazy shit. And then, of course, you went through injuries uh, when he was with the Brooklyn Nets. And whatnot. This was the time. This was your time to shine. You have two chances to win alongside the MVP and Doc Rivers and all those guys, and you go out like this, you're never getting an opportunity like this ever again. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and they're, they're, they're cooked. Terrible. They're cooked. Yeah, exactly. And if he does go back to Houston, like you said, he's just trying to live his lavish lifestyle, and he's going to spend insane money doing the craziest shit. That's him because he, I, I promise you this, like in a few years coming, he's not going to have a chance to win, especially in that division because you expect the Dallas Mavericks, at least hopefully, to get things together. The Houston Rockets, I mean, the uh, 
San Antonio Spurs just got the number one, number one overall pick, and you expect them to ramp things up over the next few years. That division is just super hard, and I'm not going to Memphis the Me- mention the Memphis Grizzlies because, of course, there's a whole lot going on there. But assuming and hoping like things go right there, they're not going anywhere. So yeah, it's man. just tough. Not going well for them. Let's, little, I don't need. Let's move on to TikTok time. Let's do it. Yeah, I love this negativity though. I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> That was a nice slander fest. Yeah. All right. As always, when you start this TikTok time, you guys know we're starting with the draft. This time we're going to do a draft of only players that were drafted in the 2010s. So, youngish guys. Okay, okay. So, as always, get the hook out there. Let's draft NBA lineups with only players who were drafted in the 2010s. Who had first pick last time? What, what did we do last time? I cannot remember. I think I had first pick last time. What was the draft? I mean, I, I think I was third last time, I believe. Oh, we did no college. I had LeBron first. You had Kobe second, Mo? Yeah. 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 I think so. Okay, so you're first, Mo. I'm third. Donovan's second. Uh, nice. This this is one of those ones where I, where I would like to double up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fine with wherever I go. All right, Mo, you got it. First pick. Let us know who you got. Did you do the hook? Yep. You did? Damn, my mind, I was asleep. Holy shit, damn. <laughs> I, I could have swore, like, I'm just waiting for his ass to say, like, okay, cool. Uh, first overall pick, 2010s, give me Giannis Antetokounmpo. Over Nikola Jokic, okay. That yeah. is that is fine. Um, my first pick, I'm taking Jokic. Nice. Okay. I feel like I lobbed that one up. All right. <laughs> for me, Shut yourself third over. Foot. I'm going to go ahead and... Hmm. First off, give me Kawhi Leonard. Okay. This is oh, first off, give me prime Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Okay. And then to pair with him, give me Luka Doncic. I I knew you I were gonna that. go Luka. I knew you were gonna go yeah. Luka. Got the playmaking and the scoring guard. I need it. All right. We gotta we gotta do this. Um. All right. We're gonna start off big. Give me Anthony Davis. Oh, that's a good pick. <sighs> wow. That's I thought about pick. him versus Luca. That's a good pick. That's a great pick. Okay. Go ahead. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and uh, give me. Yeah. Go ahead and give me. For the fit, I absolutely needed Clay Thompson. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then on top of Clay. He's cooking something. Yeah. On top of Clay. Give me Jason Tatum. Oh, I was hoping he fell to me. That's a good fit. Yeah. Okay. I like that. You got you got two wings that can shoot really well next to the best perimeter. Next to the best interior scorer. That's hard. Yeah. Okay. I need it. Okay, okay. Okay, I see that. Don't fold it. All right. I, I want a wing right now after I got my bigs. Give me Paul George. Another I great pick. Let us shit. We're going to run on wings here. Okay. I need to get a big now before the last good ones go. Give me Joel Embiid. That's good. Trash. That's good. <laughs> <Fraud>. <laughs> yeah. He just got exposed, but I need him. And so what? Now I have a one, three, and a five. This is this could go some interesting ways. I'm gonna. Who's my? I have Kawhi. I probably need a good shooter here. Give me Devin Booker at the two. Ooh, nice. That's, that's good. That was my next pick. I got straight killers every position. That was my next pick. Okay, okay, okay. Um, In a complicated spot now. 
okay, this is this is a, a tough decision at my two. But I'm gonna play this guy. I'm gonna play this guy off ball. Cause I think he can be a little bit of a combo guard. Give me Mr. World B flat. Give me Kyrie Irving. Okay. okay. I don't hate that. Yeah. You don't hate it, but I do. Give me Damian Lillard for my point guard. Okay. And then. Great pick. And then. So I got Dame, Clay, Tatum, Giannis. My team is fucking nasty, yo. Team's nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's literally disgusting. So in front of Giannis, who do I want to place? Yeah, this is the hardest part for you because all the good yeah. bigs are gone. Yeah, exactly. This is the this is definitely the hardest part for me Can right I now. Can I offer you one Carl Anthony Towns? <laughs> Fuck no. You couldn't offer me anything. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't offer me anything. So what I'm gonna go what I'm gonna go ahead and do is uh damn, this is hard because like you got Jokic, you got Embiid, and now it's uh, like if you, who, who? If, you, if you take my last pick, I'm gonna scream. I'm not going to take your last pick. I'm going to give your last pick to you and pick someone who's even better. <laughs> give me, at my five, Pascal Siakam. Okay. Inter- interesting fit. Solid fit. Okay. Super versatile. Okay, here we go. I <laughs> I have a decision to make. I don't know who I want right now. What, what position do you need? A guard. Oh, okay, just good options. There's a lot of good options left. Exactly. That that's what makes it tough. Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. We're gonna slide Kyrie down to the one, and we are going to we're gonna slide Kyrie down to the one. We're gonna slide Paul George to the two, or am I? Oh, are wh- you gonna take him? Whatever. I am. I am. <laughs> Give me Jalen Brown. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Jimmy Butler. No. Oh, I forgot no. Jimmy Butler was. 2011. Damn, that 2011 draft class was stupid, bro. Gas. (laughs) Ooh, do I take him? So I could either pick Jaron Jackson and get a defender in there because I have enough ball handlers, or I can double down and just get another killer and get Jimmy Butler. Ooh. What do I do? Be lame. If it was me, I would just take... I would just take John Wall. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, prime John Wall? Nasty. Kind of nasty. John Wall? What? Dougie John Wall? What? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I I could take Jimmy Butler here and get another great ball handler, but I have enough ball handlers. Give me Jaron Jackson to round out my lineup. I need a guy who doesn't need the ball in his hands. I like it. This is a great draft. I got Kawhi, Jaron, and Embiid. Nobody's going on me. Let's list the teams. Let's list the teams. Yeah. I have Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, Kawhi Leonard, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Joel Embiid. Okay, it's a that's nice, nice team. I have Kyrie Irving, Paul George, Jalen Brown, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic. That team is <laughs> AD Jokic combo is ridiculous. Listen, two through four Kyrie out there locked up and PG. I think I have yeah. the best one, two, and three on these lists. So I have Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson. Who else did I? Holy shit, Jason yeah, Tatum. Okay. Yeah, Damian Clay Thompson, Jason Tatum, Giannis, and then Pascal Siakam. My fit is super interesting, and I don't think there's a real pinpoint weakness on my team. You're, I like, mean, I the, have the, weak, you the weakness, 
The weakness is the five, and it's just because you don't have yeah. Embiid or, or Jokic. But I mean, your yeah, team is not. Naturally. You have Giannis though, so like your team is nice. Yeah, I got Giannis. Yeah, I got the, be- I got the best point guard. I got the best shooting guard. I got the best small forward. Second best center, and then four I went fit. I like I like my chances. But how's the fit work though? Realistically speaking, that's the thing. That's a big thing. I, think I don't know. Well. Let, let, let's <laughs> let the comments decide that. Yeah. yeah, my fit is immaculate. I love my draft. Okay. Next thing we're gonna do, we're gonna do something. Run back something we did about a month ago. You're gonna tell me which NBA player's nickname this is. I'm gonna give you two options, and then you gotta tell me who it is. Okay. Perfect. So, Let's do I it. think I'm more prepared for this one. <laughs> yeah. I'm, no, I've the done last, no last one was great. I've done Let's no research. Some of that. <laughs> I'm purely reading <laughs> your vibes. <laughs> okay. Which NBA player's nickname is this? True Warrior. Is this Joaquin Noah or Ron Artest? I feel this like that's Joakim. I and I have to say, true is spelled T-R-U, like he's two chains. Oh, okay. Nah, that's Ron. <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's Ron. Ron. Yeah, he that's was a rapper. Ron. That's Ron. That's Ron. Yeah. <laughs> easy. That was an easy giveaway. Only he's a maniac like that. <laughs> this is the Panda's friend. This is Meta World Peace. Nah, that man yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shout out to Ron. He made the hardest NBA songs out there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Champion? Crazy. Dropped it after, <laughs> dropped it after a championship too? Oh my goodness. Had the, Legendary. Had the iPad iPod Nano going crazy. <laughs> and uh, next one. Sub Zero. Is this Damian Lillard or Gilbert Arenas? Oh, that's Gilbert that, Arenas. That's Gilbert. Yeah, that's Why? Gilbert Arenas. Cause Well, he could be throwing us off because the number zero, agent zero, but I mean they're I they're, think both, they're both zero. Still. They're both zero. But like Yeah, but I think I think Gilbert was more recognizable for that. Not recognizable, but that's more of a more so part of his thing, you know? Yeah, that's true. This is Damian Lillard's nickname. Who called him that? I've never heard anyone call him that. Listen, basketball reference does not lie. On fire on the their intern. I think the nickname department needs revamping. That that might be the worst thing on the site. Yeah. Right, next easily. one. Next one. Bean burrito. Is this Nick Young or Ricky Rubio? That sounds so racist. Nah, <laughs> who's, nah. who's doing this? I'm not getting canceled. This is Nick Young. <laughs> yeah. Let's say Nick Young. I can't do this. <laughs> Ricky Rubio's not Mexican. He's from Spain. It's not racist. They, I know, listen, but the eat, correlation is still there out of, it, out of the two. They eat yeah. beans and burritos everywhere. I promise you. <laughs> okay, this, <laughs> I promise. This is Nick Young's nickname. <laughs> yeah, yo, that is crazy. He tried to, he tried to, he tried to get us. You tried to set us. Yeah. Up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, trying to cancel us on our own show? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right, next one, the buffet of goodness. Is this Nikola Jokic or Channing Fry? It's probably the buffet sounds of goodness. like Channing Fry to be that's honest. A, that's a that's a lame nickname, so I'm gonna give it to Channing yeah. Fry. <laughs> the buffet of goodness. What does that mean? Yeah. No, I feel up. like you should be a nice round player like Nikola Jokic in order to receive a nickname like that. Who does incre- extraordinary stuff out there on the court? But bro, that's easily Channing Fry. He are not fooling anyone. <laughs> this is Channing Fry. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to know nickname. the origin of that. Me too. Somebody tell us in the comments. Was he like that back in the day? In order no. to receive that nickname? <laughs> never like that. <laughs> and next one, the rooster. Is this Danilo Gallinari or Danny Green? 
Oh, I know this. Who is it? Who you think? I it's think Danilo Gallinari. Okay, that's what I was gonna go with. Gallo. Uh, why? 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 Oh, why? <laughs> My bad. I I didn't hear you. He had a he had a little like mohawk moment going there for a second. His hair was kind of crazy. That's why. That's yeah. the only reason why. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is Danilo Gallinari. Thank you. Yeah, mention that mohawk. That was easily one of the nastiest haircuts that the NBA has seen over the last five ten years. Easy. <laughs> okay, last one. Batman. This is Paul George or Giannis. <laughs> I feel like Paul George thinks of himself as a superhero, so he probably calls himself <laughs> Batman. So I'll give it to Paul George. Yeah, I agree. This has to be Paul George. This don't fit Giannis and his personality whatsoever. This is definitely Paul George. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is the nickname of somebody who cracks dad jokes. This is Paul George's yeah. nickname. Lame. Yeah, exactly. That, that sounds too <laughs> serious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's great. That's all the nicknames I got. Fire. Next thing we're going to do, we're going to do something else that's become a staple of ours. We're going to do a tier list. And this time, we're going to run back something we did. Another one we did about a month ago. We did a shoe tier list, and you guys loved it. Oh, lit. So we're going to do that again. Oh, Lord. So I have a whole new fresh batch of NBA shoes for you. I'm going to put them on there. (laughs) I I didn't put the new Ant-Mans. No, you need to. I told him. I I told him. (laughs) We we should be breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, remember, this is purely based off of looks. Uh, people like to comment and be like, y'all not hoopers. These have the best friction in the market. Shut like, up. Yeah. Fucking Shut care. up. <laughs> Shut up. You dweeb. We don't care about, we all we don't about, care about things that friction. don't matter on this podcast. What is wrong with you? Bro, we are talking about drip and drip alone. I don't give a fuck about any of that. <laughs> this is drip right. or drown over here. <laughs> all right. Let's put these NBA shoes into a tier list. First off, iconic cement threes. 10 out of 10. 10. They're classic. Okay. These go well with anything. Throw on some cargos. Throw on some khakis. Throw on some light Man, wash jeans. These are versatile. <laughs> <laughs> versatile. Are you kidding Facts. me? Yeah, these are one of the few basketball shoes that look good with any outfit. Yeah, exactly. They look like these lifestyle are, shoes. Rotational. Facts, exactly. Rotational. Key rotational piece. You need it. It's foundational. <laughs> All right, next one, the PG ones. Let me see what these. I'll go first. I love these shoes. That that strap in the middle when it first came on the scene back in like 2017, iconic. Hard, hard as hell. The whole this PG line like, is good, but they, I think they peaked with the first ones. I'll give these a. They can't. They can't be S. They're not. They're not as good as as cement threes. Yeah, they're yeah. They're not like all time classics. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's because it's a performance shoe. But as for a performance shoe, this is. Damn near an all-time classic in my mind. You may not think so because it's Paul George and he's not an all-time player, you know. But these shoes, one of the greatest things to happen in his NBA career, easily. <laughs> <laughs> if you, yeah, you is- in fifty years from now, you may not remember him as a player, but you definitely remember these shoes. Easy. Listen, we've seen Paul George's playoff accomplishments. This is the best thing he's contributed to the NBA. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely, he <laughs> blessed all of us. A <laughs> tier. All right, next up. These Giannis Freak 2s. Are, are these Freak 4s? I think they're Freak 4s. I have no idea. Next up, I mean, these Giannis's. They're freaky. Perfect. They're freaky for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, nah. The silhouette's cool. This actual colorway is disgusting. But like, listen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know at first glance this colorway is giving Nickelodeon kind of gives some uh, the Wiggles vibes. But let it sit with you for a couple more seconds. It's kind of hard. I'm not gonna lie. Frat boys I don't even need a couple of seconds to me. <laughs> the whole team would have this specific shoe in matching jerseys and everything. I, I can't. I get like with it. it. I'm not gonna lie. I can't get with it. Yeah. Here. This looks like Giannis made a donation to his. This, this looks like Giannis made a. This looks like Giannis gave a care package to the nearest Dunkin' Donuts to the Milwaukee Bucks training <laughs> facility. Like this is just a nasty shoe. These colorway, this colorway, the designs don't make any sense, bro. The shoe's sexy, but they fumbled this colorway. What tier are we going? Going B, C, B, D. B. Okay, I can like a little bit. The B. silhouette is nice. Okay. These LeBron South Beach nines. Listen, you want to talk? So you want to talk about something that you can wear with cargo shorts? Something you can wear with khakis? <laughs> this is the Bro, one. If you the had one. these shoes in 2012 when they dropped, you were him. a middle school celebrity. Y'all you were not outside. Him. Y'all were not outside in 2012 when these dropped. These were so you don't hard understand to get. the moment. You don't get it. Yeah, Bro, these bruh. were so hard to get. These were running you at least five hundred dollars. They were incredibly hard to get your hands on. Yeah. I'm, these are up there with like the Galaxy foams. Oh, actually, not, not that high, but. These were in, these were in, these were Nike basketball shoes right at their peak. People were wearing them for fashion purposes. Can't go back to that time. Yeah, you were absolutely Mr. Bitches. You got all the holes around that playground. <laughs> so if you wore these on your feet, absolutely. Yeah, you were one of the ones I was hating on. <laughs> um, but in all honesty, though, like these shoes for back in the day, they were great. They were remarkable. But now looking at them, these are hideous. What? Oh. The, it's this. It's more. It's. It's discombobulated. What is going on in this shoe? Listen, I would never wear them with jeans these days, but I'm going to give it an A just for nostalgia. <sighs> That's tough. That's tough. We got to be real, and I kind of want to give it a B. Donovan? A tier. Let's go. Wow. A <laughs> I guess you were Mr. Bitches back in the day, Donovan. That's, that, <laughs> that's the only reason why it makes sense. <laughs> All right, next one. These... <laughs> you can't even laugh if you can't say it without laughing. F tier, he's leaning way of way tens. Let me, let me see these. Yeah, wait. <laughs> oh. Bro, I, can't, oh. I, can't are I can't do it. Despicable. They make my are stomach these turn. Wrestling shoes. What is this? I don't know. You you remember whenever like. You remember whenever we were younger and you would get bored and you would go on Nike ID and you would just throw colors on the shoe? That's what this is. That's what this is. This is a straight yeah. boredom project. These look like yeah. these are what Floyd Mayweather boxes in. These are horrible. Yes. This is a perfect. boxing shoe. This is a boxing shoe. Wow. Yeah, this is trash. F tier. Yeah. F tier. Can we go lower than F tier? Sorry, Let's Dwayne. make a new tier for these. Let's make these a Wade tiers. Garbage. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> That's going to be a good tier list. The next thing. Let's play a game of 20 questions. We haven't done this in like a month and a half. Donovan's dying laughing over there. I haven't done that in a minute. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Yeah, we, we haven't done 20 questions in a long time. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don, can't breathe. That was so good. That was okay. so good. So yeah, let's play a game of 20 questions. I'll think of the player because we haven't done this in a long time. Actually, I've been hosting everything. Mo, you want to think of the player? Do I want to think of a player? Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I just thought of stupid. a player, but I don't. I, I gotta look up. So like, stupid. I gotta look up like some random thing real quick. I gotta look up his name real quick. He's in heaven and hell. <laughs> yeah. You guys gotta think like out of. You guys gotta think for real, hella hard. Okay. We've oh, done like, this a long time, so it might be rusty. All right, I you know what? I'm not, I'm not gonna do y'all like that. I'm not gonna do y'all like that. Who are you gonna right. do? Jared Bayless. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're nasty. Sorry. I know. I don't even know why he was in my mind. I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know why he was in my mind to be honest. I don't even know okay. what he looks like anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was my fault. <laughs> okay. You got twenty questions to guess the NBA player I'm thinking of. Is he a current player? Yes. Alright, okay. I'm a guess. Helps. I'm a guess real quick. <laughs> Off the bat. Is this okay. Nas Reed? No. He's a current player. Wait, Nas Reed is a current player. I, I don't know why, but I, I thought about Nazir Muhammad when you said that. <laughs> I don't know what is going <laughs> is on. Nazir Muhammad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Not even close. Yeah, he's a current player. All right, my bad. Is he a big man? Yes. Is okay. he an all-star? No. Is he a starter? No. Okay. Can he shoot? Uh... He was or at least used to. So I'm just going to say yes. Mm-hmm. A big man who used to shoot. Did, did, oh, did you say is he a starter or not? Uh, No. Didn't I ask that? Yeah, you did. He's not. <clears throat> oh, not a starter. Okay. Not a starter. He How many questions that anymore. is? Three? That's six questions. Wow. Yeah, we're running we, out of time. Yeah, we fired off. That's yeah. fine. Would you call him a good defender? Yes. Okay. Was he drafted? Well, okay. (laughs) I'm just going to say yes in general to that question. Okay. Okay. Was he drafted after 2010? Uh, Give me two seconds to research that real quick. I think that (laughs) gives away like a lot of hints. And yes. Wait, wait. He was drafted. Actually, no. He was drafted before 2010. Okay. Okay. Old guy. Who can't shoot anymore, but used to be able to. And he can defend. Is this Serge Ibaka? Yes. Damn. Let's go. Yes. Damn. <laughs> Too fucking Look easy. Look at that. Yeah. I don't even need I 10 questions. Up. Yeah. I slipped up when I was like, yeah, he shoots. But then, then you got me with the defensive thing too. I'm like, yeah, he <laughs> used to be Serge Ibaka, him. But now he's like clapping on the clapping his hands on the Milwaukee Bucks bench. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's do another one of these. Let me let me think of a player name. Uh, these are always fun. Okay, <laughs> I got it. Don't y'all got twenty you. questions. <laughs> y'all got twenty questions to guess the NBA player I'm thinking of. All right, are they a guard? No. Are they over six five? Yes. Have they made an All Star team in their career? No, nah, I don't think so. Can they shoot? Yeah, for sure. Cool. They can shoot. Um, were they a power forward? No, I wouldn't know. Okay, so let's, he's a small forward, probably Donovan. Mo, have we asked if they're a current player? No. Are they a current player? He's not currently on a team, no. Mm. Mm. So he's free like agent. a free agent. Okay. Has he won an NBA championship before? Has he won a championship yeah, yeah, he won one back in the day. Back in the day. 
Was this Damn. player drafted before, or was this player drafted after 2000? Yes. Cool. Okay. Was this player drafted before 2010? Yes, he was. I'm never going to get this, Donovan. I don't like old players. God. <laughs> was he a starter? <laughs> yes. Is this Trevor Ariza? <laughs> this is Trevor Ariza. That was random. You threw it out there. <laughs> oh, God. Now we're like, there that. we go. That's crazy. He just a shot in the dark and it hit. What That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know why, but I, he's just the first person I thought of when it comes to this. Damn. Look at me in my bag. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> well, that was wild. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we hit that in the money. Damn. We know too, we know too much ball for our own good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Next video. Got all those out of here. We're gonna do a little more of an analysis one, less less goofy shit. I'm gonna name an NBA player, and you gotta tell me if they've failed, met, or exceeded your expectations for them. Okay. Just in their career. So, has this NBA player failed, met, or exceeded your expectations? First off, Zion Williamson. He's failed expectations. Yeah, he's got to be right. Yeah, he he also he just hasn't been on the court. Like, yeah. it's just when you only when you only play twenty games a year, I can't I can't like one hundred percent evaluate you. And you're supposed to come in and be a league MVP. You're supposed to be the face of the league, and you can't even be on the court. So you're definitely failing right now. Yeah. The type of hype that he was getting out of college was only res- only resembled LeBron James, and when you only play 20, 30 games a year and consistently miss out the most important time of the season, bro, you failed. You're below yeah. the expectations. And it sucks because when he does play, he is the top 15 player he was advertised to be. But it's irrelevant when you're just never available. And then at a certain point, you just can't give him benefit of the doubt until you see him be healthy. Yeah, exactly. But hey, he could have his but hey, he could have his Joel Embiid arc of his career and just start figuring out ways to get healthy and building that regular NBA play regimen. But for now, yeah, you definitely failed expectations. Okay. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Oh, he's, he blew expectations out the water. Dude. Straight through him to the moon. 100% I've ne- I've always liked him. I can't even say he met him because I never expected him to be a top 15 player in the world. It's crazy what the leap he made this year. Nah. All NBA. First team. All NBA. Nobody That's saw that. Crazy. Nobody saw that coming. And if you did yeah. see that coming, you're a fucking liar. No way you saw that coming this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back when he was in college, nobody thought he was like that. At most, people thought he was an okay point guard. Had so many limitations to his game. Folks said that he wasn't athletic. Folks said that he couldn't shoot. Folks said his defense was pretty good, but nothing to absolutely rave about. What did he do good on the court? And now look at him now, bro. Fucking they all-star first they team all-NBA. No ball. They did no ball. <laughs> Yeah, he's him. (laughs) Kevin Durant. Think hard about this one. I'm gonna say exceeded. Really? I'm gonna. I mean, really? Or met? I don't know. This. I feel like it's it's. Listen, if you look at everything he's done outside of his days next to Steph Curry, it's you could say he failed expectations for how good he is. Like he has not had. He has not had the success that matches the level of talent he has. From, okay. 
if we're going from from the beginning of his career, he's exceeded expectations. KD is one of the best players of all time. I think that anybody who gets into like the top 20 range of all-time debates, they've exceeded whatever anybody's ever thought about them. However, once we saw However. once we saw that Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant and he's on that trajectory, he's failed expectations. Exactly. Your expectations change once you realize just how good you are. And at that point, since he's entered superstardom, he has had mostly failures when he's not next to Steph Curry. Yeah. Hashtag that Steph is better. true. But maybe that's because, way better. Yeah, that's true. But maybe that's because your expectations for him was too high. And we all sort of recognize that, yo, he's him. But, like, you're not supposed to put him in this stratosphere as LeBron James. But at the same time, like, the type of things that he did on the court, he's in that same stratosphere. Yeah, I mean, you could say he shouldn't be in that conversation now because he's failed so much. But... In terms of just talent, if he would have been winning championships by himself, you would have been like, oh, maybe he is in that stratosphere. Yeah. But he's exactly. not like that. You're absolutely right. L. Tough. And next one, R.J. Barrett. Oh, man. He's, he's, failed, he's failed expectations. Um, I'll say yeah. he met him. I never thought he was going to be like that. I think that he is exactly who we thought he was going to be for the people that weren't high on him coming into the draft. He is the same player. He can't finish well. He can't pass well. He can defend decently well. His shot is inconsistent. He is a R.J. Barrett that shouldn't have been drafted top three overall. I told you guys what coming into do? this season that I thought that he had all star potential, and that is that's, that's that's out that's out the door. I yeah, I, I legitimately thought that he could make at least one all star team in his career. Crazy. I don't think that that's going to be the case anymore. So I would say failed, at least for me personally. Yeah, he failed easily. You know, you already know how I feel. I'm his number one hater over here. Even though yeah. I had to give to give him his break, he did have like the best series of games that he played in entire in, in his entire NBA career over the last playoffs. But overall, in the holistic view, he is not him, and he failed. Yeah, on paper for a top three pick, obviously failed. If you're a born hater like me and never believed him from the start, met expectations. Yeah, pay attention <laughs> as his time has gone on. For the New York Knicks, he's been falling lower and lower in in, in terms of importance and pecking order. So he's yeah, been he's get, getting demoted player. consistently. Exactly. Okay. Next <laughs> one, Kawhi Leonard failed. Uh, failed. No, nah, he exceeded. He exceeded. I think you. It's this. It's well, the same thing with with Kevin Durant. Like like Kawhi. Kawhi starts off at a very low point, and then he exceeds expectations. But then once you realize that, like, oh, when he's on the court, he can potentially be the best player in the league, but he's never on the floor. He's not available. And so all these things that you want to see Kawhi do, he literally can't. It's the same thing with him and Zion. So he's failed. I'll say Met just because 2019 did happen, and I think that allows him to coast off of that for a while. The, the injuries are unfortunate, but we saw what he was able to do when he finally was had a healthy run. So I'm going to let him say he met him. Yeah, I think overall, it doesn't matter. Like, I think, yeah, overall, he started out, he wasn't even a lottery pick back in 2011. He was the 15th overall pick. Anytime, yeah, anytime one, you're not even a lottery pick lottery. and you're easily Hall of Fame status, bro, and one of the greatest small fours ever, you've done nothing but exceeded expectations. No one could have seen sure. that coming from a miles away. Yeah, if 2019 never happened, then I could see you saying he failed because he never was able to win when we knew he was good enough to win. But he, he did it. He had a crazy championship run that resulted in a trophy. Exactly. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> I'm a hate. <laughs> Last one. Devin Booker. Uh, he's still young in his career, so it's hard. Weird. But I'm going to say he met. I would say he exceeded. Or ex- did, you yeah, expect him to be the, did you expect him to be the best shooting guard in the NBA, like, easily? I never actually, did. Yeah, you're right. He was, what, the 12th, 13th pick or something like that? That was yeah. never what he was supposed to be. He didn't start at Kentucky. He was a bench He was player. off the bench. He's the best shooting guard in the NBA right now, and it's not close. There's not a real... Devin, Donovan Mitchell, respect to him, is close-ish, but it's clear who the top guy is. It's been clear right, for I, years. I'll say, I'll say exceed. I'll give him that respect. He's, <laughs> he listen, was I mean, to say. I mean, listen. The last playoff run was insane. It's been he was shooting eighty percent for the field. He wasn't missing every shot he put up. You thought it was going in, and it was going in. And I don't know if we've ever seen a player be that hot for that consistent for you know for that many games in a row. It was, it was insane. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Shout out to him for constantly <laughs> evolving his game and fixing all weaknesses. Improved his defense. Improved his passing. And is still efficient from all areas of the court. Easily surpassed. He is a front runner, though. Love it. I have to get that off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's all the videos I got today. It's another long ass podcast. It's late at night. I gotta edit this bitch and get it out in the morning. Kill me. So, that's it, man. It's the episode. What, what should the people comment? Mo, you choose this time. Oh. <laughs> we, we have to get Donovan, on the schedule. Pay me my money. <laughs> Hey, Bo, you still owe me money. <laughs> the Hawks make I've, the playoffs. I've told you plenty of times. You will never see that money in your life. <laughs> Not even in installments? Damn. <laughs> you will, I, will, I will not use Afterpay to give you your money. Get out of here. If you're still pay here, comment, Mo. pay Mo. Pay him his money. That's the episode. <laughs> see you all later.